0: You will notice first, a big, bulging, vicious-looking eye. Looking in the direction away over Her Majesty's left shoulder into the area behind her. Then, in the appropriate direction and distance from the eye, you will notice the image of what closely resembles a mean hawk's beak, which you will soon recognize as just part of the nose of the face. Below this nose is easily observable the tight, straight line of the cruel upper lip and mouth. The whole lower mass of Her Majesty's hair easily outlines the large, ugly chin and upper throat of the figure appearing to be covered with a thin, hairy substance resembling the covering upon a bat. Above the eyes... The outline of the mass of hair takes the form of the huge brow in front of the head of the figure. Most people ask me two questions. How did you happen to notice the sketch of the Prince of Darkness in Her Majesty's hair? And what caused you to probe into the matter on the floor of the House of Commons? You would like the answer? Well, here are some facts bearing upon the answers.
1: This episode of The Harmonious Gentleman is brought to you by our friends at Blind Man Brewing, makers of Central Alberta's best craft beer, purveyors of delicious tacos, and hosts of all kinds of harmonious fun. They don't like to brag about it, but they've won Brewery of the Year in Alberta and Best in Show at the Canadian Brewing Awards. Head to LaCombe and check them out.
2: Welcome to episode one hundred one, guys. Nice to see you. How's it going? Great. It's going really good, Tyler. Really good. And yeah, we're uh, we're gonna try something different. Mm-hmm. We're we're trying a series related to Alberta. We live in Alberta. Yeah. yeah. Alberta, uh, Canada. Mm-hmm. Graham, we asked North America, world. Uh, <laughs> I, I think on the last episode, you you reflected on whether or not you're an Albertan. Yeah. Now. Have you? Come to a conclusion?
3: I honestly don't really know if I'm in Alberton. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't, born and raised in BC. I've been, but I've been here for 11 years. It's, I feel comfortable here. I love it here. Like our family's here. You guys are people I know who are here too. Yeah. If there was a regional war,
0: (laughs) whose flag would you carry?
3: Well, there's still like sports um, allegiances. Like I'm still a Vancouver Canucks watcher. Yeah. You wait to see what happens uh, in a few years. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But, I, but, but I will tell you guys this here? right now. I want to be an Albertan. I want people to look at me and say, there's an Albertan. Now, there is an Albertan.
4: That's I mean? why you got that lift package installed
3: on your That's H- right. Honda Civic. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that, mean, that, that means I am an Albertan, I think, because I, I, I kind of identify like that. I want to be an Albertan. I think yeah. I am one.
2: And it was actually your, I believe it was your idea to try to do three episodes at least where we at least have that as a, a focus. Yeah. Like, yeah. and... My this episode, we'll call it we can call it my episode. This I, is your I've, episode. I've yeah. kinda of planned this. The Tyler episode. Yeah. Um my connection to Alberta with this episode is probably different than the way you guys are gonna plan your episode. Yeah. But almost for sure. <laughs> <of> the <laughs> listener
4: should know we have Graham and I are entering this home, this is Tyler's house, with mm-hmm. no knowledge of what Tyler's gonna talk about. That's part of the fun. He's talked about the format, but
3: nothing about the subject.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Nor have we even heard the opening that the listener has already heard. So we don't know anything.
2: You guys want to hear it right now?
3: Do you want to get started? There's really nothing else to say.
4: No, pins and needles we're sitting on.
3: However,
2: ready. Okay, let's do it. Okay. In April and May of 1956, Lethbridge, Alberta, Social Credit MP John Blackmore gave two speeches over the radio to his constituents where he claimed that on recent versions of Canadian dollar bills, there was clearly the likeness of a demon hiding in the Queen's hair. Blackmore related how a correspondent, William Guy Carr, had drawn his attention to this fact.
0: About February ninth,
2: 1956,
0: there came to my office a letter from Commander W. G. Carr of Willowdale, Ontario, author of two most informative recent books entitled Pawns in the Game and The Red Fog Over America. From that letter, may I quote You will recall what I said about the reverse of the American dollar bills being the insignia of the Illuminati. Only today I noticed that the secret powers behind the scenes of government who decide government policy indicated that the death of King George and the ascension to the throne of Queen Elizabeth introduced the last phase of the Illuminati's conspiracy in the British Empire as well as the USA. Take a good look at the hair on the head of our queen, as reproduced on our banknotes, and you find the face of Satan in her hair, over her left ear as clear as a hand before your face. That is how bold they have become, and yet our elected representatives are afraid to join together in defense of our national and religious interests.
2: Each man agreed that this was a sign that the agents acting behind the scenes of the Anglo Saxon Celtic administrations, British and American, and who had facilitated recent victories against Christianity and the Bible, against the United States and the British Commonwealth, and the whole free world, for example, communism spreading in Asia, had become bolder. Blackmore reassured his audience that this was serious. He would not listen to Carr. If you were an extremist.
0: Now, if Commander Carr were an ignoramus or an extremist, or if he had been a man having some sort of axe to grind, I might have disregarded his remarks or treated them lightly. But I knew he was none of these. I studied Her Majesty's head as it appeared on our bank of Canada bills. I showed the face of Satan to several of my parliamentary acquaintances in the Liberal and Conservative parties. Each of them was deeply impressed, and most of them were genuinely angry by reason of the insult to our Queen and to Canada and to the British Commonwealth."
2: A first reaction to such claims is perhaps to laugh, as I did when I first stumbled across it while researching the Federal Social Credit Party, to enjoy it from an ironic distance, or to dismiss it as part of the lunatic fringe. In other words, who cares? By examining such strange ideas, do scholars not risk bestowing status upon them? While these reactions are initially justifiable, they become less defensible with context. Blackmore was first elected in 1935 and was re-elected five times. There he sat in the House of Commons discussing funding of public buildings on one day and emphasizing the need to strike a committee to investigate the Mongolian-Turkish-Red conspiracy behind communism on another.
0: If I, as your Member of Parliament had neglected to learn these truths, I should have betrayed you, you as well as all other freedom-loving people throughout the world. I have not neglected to learn those truths, together with many, many other truths, likewise vital to our freedoms. If now I neglect to act, to do whatever I can in the position in which I have been placed, then again I will have betrayed you. With the help of the Lord, I will not betray you.
1: This segment is brought to you by Cilantro and Chive. Delicious and creative dishes, a huge variety of locally crafted drinks, and building community in Red Deer and Lacombe. They're the gents' favorite place to grab a bite.
3: So before tonight, I I had never heard of this story. Chris, had you heard of this? No, never heard of it. Tyler, um, as he was presenting this this material, and this, he handed us a photocopy of the one hundred dollar bill in question, with a zoomed in version of the Queen's hair. Uh, Chris, what are your describe to our listeners what you're seeing? Right.
4: So it's um, if you're familiar with Canadian bills, how they used to look, um, it's just like a nice old bill. And then when you see at first because we heard the radio broadcast about a demonic image in the queen's hair. I couldn't see it at first, Uh, but then the image does come into focus. If you know kind of what to look for and his description is actually pretty good. The bulbous eye and the hawk bill nose or whatever. And you, it does look like two eyes and nose and a kind of a grimacing mouth um, in the curls of her hair and the way the light kind of plays on that. There's like some kind of an image there. It looks like, you know what this reminds me of?
3: Have you guys ever seen The Lion King?
4: Yeah. <laughs> that yes. movie? Yes. Like go, yes go, in, in,
3: indeed. Do you remember um, near the end, I think towards the third act, Simba is uh, growing up now and he's in this field at nighttime and he's crying out to his dad and he just sort of like falls onto the grass in a big huff mm-hmm. and then it like it, it, the, this grass kind of flies into the air and dances in the, in the sky. And if you pause it at a certain moment, it spells sex s-e-x yeah okay did you ever yeah. see that yeah absolutely. i
4: think i've seen like a meme of that maybe okay i don't know why this but there's reminded. no way i would have seen that watching the show
3: right i'm just whenever i see something like this so it makes me so what
4: about, you, what are you saying about that the like was, I, was that intentionally put in or is that not real in the line? i'm King? saying
3: there's two there's two uh explanations for that and for this okay one it just so happens to be it looks like three letters that vaguely resemble sex and this just happens to be some shade that vaguely looks like a face Okay. or an artist that disney was having some fun and for two frames wrote the word sex and giggled right and this guy who drew this drew a face as a bit of a joke those are the two those are the two options in my mind does that make sense yeah i love the conspiracy behind it i mean i i still roll my eyes i mean i don't know about you chris
4: yeah when i well we've talked about conspiracy theories in past episodes and i think one of the things that we've agreed on or t- at least talked about mm-hmm. was that they kind of capture. There's enough there to capture people's attention and imagination. So is there enough here to capture somebody's attention or imagination? Probably cause yeah. there's like some kind of an image, but what he's getting out of it mm-hmm. and I don't know the ba- rest of the story or the backstory, um, seems like a bit of a, like I wouldn't say this is a demonic face or a no the face
2: of Satan. It looks uh, like Tyler a
1: little
4: bit. Th- thankfully <laughs> I have never seen,
2: but if, if you were in, if you lived in southern Alberta, and your member of parliament went on the radio and <laughs> yeah. said this stuff, what would your reaction be? Would it be the, oh, it's just a, a coincidence? Like that must be the way the photograph looked mm-hmm. for the engraver, or would you buy what he's selling?
3: I, I, I don't think I'd buy what he's selling. <laughs> I would be disappointed that somebody who's supposed to be an elected official care is worrying about this sort of thing but in official capacity i wonder though in
4: 1956 if hmm. there's more of a trust in authority or more of a willingness to go along with and there's way less exposure to images to like i yeah i don't know what yeah. the mindset would be back then
2: yeah yeah well, also, a, that's probably point. a public fear of communism that he's sure tapping into and, and a bit. this fear of other other forces that are gaining power
4: yeah this is 56 yeah so yeah. this is the beginning of the cold war
2: mm-hmm.
4: or yeah they're kind of entrenched already in mm-hmm. proxy wars already yeah so it, it would be the time where you're demonizing other ideologies right i also th- like it's interesting that i we've never heard of this yeah and it happened in Alberta yeah and apparently like what what did you say Tyler about the connect the collectability of these bills
2: yeah I actually I learned about this bill from um a friend Lorne Prince he's a collector of uh banknotes and another other demonic <laughs> <laughs> images no no Tim, cut that out girl. no <laughs> pretty sure it's not the, that's not it like he collects <laughs> notes of all kind um but this one he, he has, has I, I believe one. he has one of these um, or at least we talked about it. Actually, I, I'm pretty sure he does have one because he had to show me where the face was on it. And so they're you, quite you've valuable. seen a real one? Yes. I th-
3: yes. Oh, cool. Is um, it more or
2: less convincing than, than this photocopy? This, the photocopy is not in color. I think in color it's a little more. Oh, okay. Um, is her hair red? <laughs> yeah, bright flaming red. Um, no, but it's, yeah, it was cool, And but they're valuable.
1: And what about you
2: mentioned the name of them? Uh, devil's head, 1954. This is the I, devil's I head so. bill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you're a collector and you have a bill from 1954, um, you should check to see if it's the devil's head version because they did, they did stop print. The reason they're valuable is because there's only, I don't know how many, but there's a limited number. Because they like printed. they stopped printing
4: yeah. them because of this they controversy. They it. Yeah. So, um, what's interesting and maybe this is just like the shelf life of conspiracy theories, but we've never heard of this conspiracy no. theory. And like, I like, you know, knowing mm-hmm. about conspiracy theories cause I've kind of find that interesting. They're, they're, yeah. They're but fun. they don't have a long afterlife or half-life or whatever shelf right. life. What's
3: the word? Uh, like they life, don't uh, last like in the, in the collective consciousness. Like it does. Right. It's like the first avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody saw it. Nobody talks about it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I, I, I always too when, when when i hear these people talk about this in, in a conspirac- conspiratorial way about the illuminati especially it's like why she's <laughs> like what's the purpose of doing this like if you're the illuminati why like why put this on the money do you know what i mean like, is it a way to flaunt like it just seems to me well and there's such like,
4: a goofy who said the boldness part like they're so bold now they're even putting like their yeah, overlords on the money but they're, it's like or, i don't yeah. know like guess Whatever. what? Your overlord is already on the money. The queen is
3: already on the money.
2: Do you guys want to hear a little bit more? Yeah, Tyler, this episode's on the money so far. Let's, (laughs) Let's hear some more. Blackmore and Carr are part of Canada's conspiratorial heritage, a very real heritage that was and is constantly interacting with transnational currents attempting to explain the modern world. Conspiracy theories are not just for the tinfoil hat set, or the charlatan. These two men did not necessarily suffer a sudden mental break, as far as I can tell. They are simultaneously conspiracy theorist and politician or local dignitary. Borrowing from Michael Barkin's path-breaking work, the barrier between conspiratorial thinking and the mainstream is permeable and always changing. Historicizing conspiracy theories and challenging the easy binary of fringe and mainstream can help us to better understand the thinning and thickening of these barriers in time and space. Dismissing Blackmore and Carr as merely fringe figures is aspirational. Blackmore and Carr are what we want to be easily dismissed. Conspiracy theories rely on simplifying the complexity of the modern world. They attribute clear causation unconnected events, and thrive on polarizing society into those who can see the truth, and those undermining a way of life. More often than not, they are an identifiable group. They are Jews, they are communists, they are the Illuminati, they are the Chinese, they are all of the above.
0: Now, who and where are the agents? hidden in anglo-saxon celtic administrations british and american who are the agents whose influence has wrought these disasters to our security they are just such persons hidden away in just such places Working towards the same objective as was the agent who contrived to get Satan's image entangled in Her Majesty's hair. If we can identify him, we shall have a clue, a clue and a warning sign. On March 26th, feeling that the time had come, I asked on the floor of the House of Commons the following innocent looking question, Mr. Speaker. May I direct two questions to the Minister of Finance, notice of which I have not given him. First, will the Minister tell the House the name of the artist who drew the picture of Her Majesty's head as appears on current Bank of Canada one, two, five, and ten dollar bills? Second, will the minister give the house the name of the officials who employed the artist? The minister gave the following answer. Mr. Speaker, I will of course provide the information requested. However, I might say that the work of the artist or whoever might have been responsible for what I think my honorable friend has in mind is being corrected. The die was cast.
1: This segment is brought to you by the King's University in Edmonton, Alberta. Offering an exceptional liberal arts education from a Christian perspective. King's degree programs integrate internships, work learning, study abroad experiences, and research opportunities. The King's University. Bright hope for tomorrow.
3: Yeah, I mean, I do find it really interesting to hear about an elected alberta official kind of spouting off conspiracy theories on a radio show but enough about daniel smith let's talk about blackmore some more uh chris how are you feeling about this guy well he just we just heard a clip um talking so it was on
4: more than the hundred dollar bill it seems like it was the same image on the one two five and ten as well
2: yeah he so this would have been everywhere
3: everywhere i'm confused (laughs) because he did not say hundred dollar bill there. Yeah, but the photocopy you've given us is a hundred.
2: The, the right? one I printed you, yeah, maybe that's a that's a conspiracy. Fake. In I don't know. I just Google image search print for you.
3: Okay, how, what
4: like how did this story even come to your mind? You're thinking about an Alberta story. You saw Lawrence Hawkes build Demonhead, and then
2: <laughs> yeah, I when I was thinking about an episode, I was um, just Google searched like untold stories from huh. Alberta or Alberta mysteries and. Almost went down like a true crime path um, and then just stumbled across. Actually, this is a good time to give credit to um, a professor at the University of Calgary, Kevin Anderson. He wrote a blog that I found and it's called Conspiracy Theories and the Canadians Who Love Them. And a lot of the scripted parts of this episode are straight from his blog. And then... So he gave you permission to read... Yeah. Is this a recent blog post or is it older? Yeah, 2020.
4: Okay, yeah.
3: Matt. I do think he does a really nice job of articulating what we've tried to talk about when it comes to conspiracy theories. What was that one line, Chris? You you referenced it.
4: Well, he said something about like um, conspiracy theories connect unconnected ideas, mm. and they rely on. Um, like an almost an out-of-context cultural history kind of, I think. Right? Yeah,
2: he, he wrote conspiracy theories rely on simplifying the complexity of the modern world. Simplifying the complexity. Yeah, they attribute yeah. clear causation to unconnected events and thrive on polarizing society into those who can see the truth.
4: I think the the hmm. clear causation thing is interesting. Like, oh, I never put those things together. The number on a wayfair order and the fact that yeah. this hutch could smuggle a child like it's
3: yeah that's one of my favorite things as a science teacher used to teach like causation correlation was a really fun lesson to talk about with kids that you can there's a difference but i also like the angle too of of um when something big happens like a 9-11 or something that's like out of the ordinary and hard to explain those can really lead to conspiracy theories too as a way to explain the unexplainable in Mm -hmm. a way like there's so much going on with an event like that that that's that and it's heartbreaking and it's hard because people need to be have answers. Do you think I think so? I think yeah. that's part of it. You need to have an explanation for it. So is this yeah. that kind of a thing? Like what was the answer? Like what's the, what are you trying to solve here? This, or, this, <laughs> this, I think, well, and, and the Illuminati, which we touched on. And I think I maybe mentioned that behind the bastards series, maybe once in the podcast, maybe I have yeah, I don't know, but it's a podcast called behind the bastards. They do a whole series on the Illuminati conspiracy theory all the way back. And I found it re- like just ridiculously interesting. Um, and so this guy just seemed like one of those Illuminati guys who's just looking for stuff everywhere he he goes. Right. Like he's just
2: like there's something that can't be explained, but I can explain it with this yeah. go-to story. You're, you're, you're
3: forcing something into your your preconceived worldview that you already mm-hmm. have. Yeah, and suddenly
4: everything fits.
3: Right. And that's how That's how it happens with those people. It's like you see all these signs, and you think, well, there's there's so many signs. How can it not be true? But it's like, you're not taking them in con- I mean, this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. When I showed, I showed uh, Krista this picture, the picture that I showed you, and she said you could see something like that in the clouds, right? Like, like, it's just something that it's coincidence. It's just, it just happens. Yeah. And then. That's freaky. Yeah. Like, and then someone can give it meaning if you wanted to, mm-hmm. but yeah, like it, that's some people just view it as that's just. That's just her hair. Yeah,
3: a lot of times and, you mentioned like just what is the simplest explanation, right? Maybe start there to avoid delving too deep. That's really not fun, though. No, that's true. Man, this guy would have loved Facebook.
4: <laughs> oh, can
3: you imagine what his reach would have been? Well, I think I don't think we have to imagine. He too did hard. have a
4: radio show? He had a, quite a reach, probably.
3: Yeah, we still have politicians who talk about conspiracy stuff. It happens all over
4: the world do do we know like did this drum
2: up a lot of support anger i like i'll i'll read a little more as you'll hear Mm -hmm. in the next segment like we go a little bit more into i don't know kind of what what happened next because um he actually had a couple episodes on his radio show where he talked about this a few weeks apart so the last section ended with him confronting the
1: The finance minister like
2: who is this who's who's committed this and um i need an answer we need to know who employed this person and then when the finance minister says i actually don't really know (laughs) his his last line is like the die was cast like okay now (laughs) we're in in it now right like but the with the bill it wasn't that exciting of a conclusion so i don't know if during those few weeks it probably got people pretty riled up but in the end, like, I mean, there's, there's still might people who believe that there was something intent behind here. it, yeah. some mm-hmm. intent. But the if you look at the photograph of um, the queen that was used for this, um, you can see it even in the photograph, you can see faintly the same face. Oh, okay. Right and, the, and she approved that photograph like yeah. it went through a process and then it goes to an engraver George Gunderson who's been used for lots of American and, and Canadian uh, banknote like engraving he just took that photograph converted it into like however you make an, an engraver how an engraver works it, mm-hmm. it kind of like there's a little more contrast in the, mm-hmm. the curls of the hair and whatnot right Yeah. Um, so it just kind of highlighted some of the, the details there mm-hmm. So in the end like when you look at the original photograph you find out okay it's not it's this guy who's been employed for a long time to do this kind of stuff for for some people that's probably where the conspiracy ended.
3: And for Blackmore I'm sure he said okay I hear you.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, that's not I'm no, wrong. I have nothing okay, more I was to say. wrong. Sorry everyone.
3: I will just say I was I just quickly was curious about bu- buying some of these bills. Um, some of the better condition ones do go for a lot more but I did find on eBay here you can get a set of two $2 bills. One has a devil face and one is regular. So I guess when they fixed it, and you can compare them, which is interesting, for a hundred and thirty or forty dollars Canadian, which is oh, not that's too not bad. bad. Yeah, you can see how they corrected or corrected it, I guess, or changed it to yeah.
4: not freak out black. And if one of our patrons wants to order that and give it as a gift to the harmonious gentleman, we would gladly
2: receive. I mean, it. that's
3: sort of expected at this point for our our,
2: our <laughs> <I got> archives. <laughs> yeah, our archives.
3: Well, Ty, can we hear some more?
2: Yeah, there's a bit more. Let's do it. Carr and Blackmore's claim was only one component of much more elaborate, often hateful ideas. Blackmore made numerous references in his speeches to Asiatic peoples conspiring to destroy European Christianity using the cover of communism. He was a public proponent of the wildly anti-Semitic Khazar theory. Blackmore would go as far to state publicly that Nazi Germany acted the way it did toward Jewish people because the Germans know the score, and understood that the communist conspiracy of a people alien to Russia as to ourselves was its gravest threat. Again, he was re-elected. In Carr's book, he advocated for his Ontario-based National Federation of Christian Laymen as the organization capable of revealing the truth that the chaos of the modern world had been caused by secret, satanic groups working to move mankind away from knowledge of God. It was Carr's work that was taken up by the far right, updating late 18th century Illuminati-based conspiracy theories and weaving in current events. It provided an updated narrative to an old fear. Carr's work, in other words, had influence. It matters.
0: Now, what do those questions and answers and the facts through them made known, what do they all mean to you and me? May I quote a few sentences from the British periodical Candor and the British View letter. In its February 3rd, 1956 issue, that periodical on page 40 In an article headed, Satanic Symbolism, included an enlarged picture of Queen Elizabeth's head as it appears on Canadian paper Money. The opening sentence reads, Students of the secret side of politics are aware that those who live in this element, although thriving in darkness, have a compulsive urge to sign their own handiwork in symbolic writing. In the body of the article appear these words. The Illuminati, progenitors of the great modern conspiracies, were worshippers of Satan. Their evil cult persists. Bearing that fact in mind, the readers is asked to examine the illustration here reproduced. It is a freehand drawing of the Queen's head as engraved on Canadian dollar and other Bank notes. The face of Satan lurks in the hair. It cannot be mistaken. As the engraver is unknown to me, so necessarily are his intentions. This periodical, Candor, folks, is an admirably realistically realistic and well-informed publication. It is read all over the world. There is no more dependable and enlightening periodical available to the Anglo-Saxon Celtic race. Its issues reveal the terrible facts concerning the utterly appalling perils that threaten not only all we hold dear, but our very existence as peoples and our very lives as individuals. And what I am now saying, is not mere imaginings. It will be asked, well, what can we do about it? There's plenty all Canadians can do about it. Every Canadian can learn just who are the agents that lurk behind the whole thing called communism. Just what are those agents aiming at? Just what sort of methods do they employ? How could we recognize them? First, by their methods, and second, by their focus. Until next time, good night, folks.
2: What we are experiencing now is not wholly new, but it can feel that way without background. Especially in Canada, where conspiracy theories are often dismissed as an American problem. Tell that to the Holocaust deniers, the QAnon supporters across Canada. Tell that to Maxime Bernier, who asked via Twitter during the 2019 federal election if Justin Trudeau was loyal to Canada or loyal to a future world government that will destroy Canada. Blackmores and cars are not isolated figures. They exist within national and transnational networks that are more widespread than many of us know or want to know. Conspiracy theories facilitate the erosion of diverse peoples living together by imposing malicious causation on the vagaries of the modern world. We should at least try to better understand our own conspiratorial heritage as perhaps both good scholarship and good citizenship.
4: Do you think there's more going on in the world than you know? There's more going on in the world than I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder with conspiracy theories, are people just, they have to be the one who figured something out mm-hmm. and bring it to the attention? Is that part of it or is it?
3: Would that be like an insecurity? It's almost like you're you're overcompensating by, by needing to know something that people don't know. That's a harsh generalization. I don't, I should yeah. have said that. I do think
4: there's things going on that I don't have a clue. Yeah. Like, And there's probably people with lots of power, control, and
3: yeah. influence
4: that make decisions that I'll never know about.
3: There's probably, in the spectrum of all the conspiracy theories that I've ever rolled my eyes at, there's bound to be one or two that are, there's probably True. truth to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. I'm just playing the odds here. Right. You know, but, yeah, I think that's, the, the, I think you're right, like, when it comes to the Illuminati kind of stuff, the fact that there are people who are rich and powerful like is true yeah right and things are not fair and there's probably more corruption than we ever and we ever know yeah i think all that's happening
4: yeah but like that they would do things like put an image on a banknote Mm -hmm. to what it's just as funny what like the things that get talked about or like radio showed about in the 50s but to, if you, to prove a point, I, just the, the the stretch this guy's going through to well, make connections,
3: and I think what you said to prove a point, like he's got a he's got a he's got a tangential point to prove. Right, vote and me in as grind. a white guy yeah. so that I can protect. They're taking you from away this your religion. They're taking evil. away your freedoms. Whatever exactly. it is, and then this is just the
2: way we're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just I was just about to say I I had actually read a an article from um, the Alberta Doctors like Association. Someone had posted a all about our penchant for conspiracy. And there's this, uh, a piece of that, that talks about how sociology reminds us that persons most kind of susceptible to conspiracy are members of people who see their livelihoods or, or like opportunities dwindling, which you... Like yeah, there's a threat of, there. There's a, right, yeah. and so then you're looking for... Scapegoat, maybe. Yeah. Like there's, it's always them, them, them. Like you need to find a them to blame for what's happening to you, mm. which. Yeah. That's yeah, kind and, of the heart of it. You know? Yeah. But then I guess my wonder is do we, like we've said a few times, actually we've said like they, those people mm-hmm. about like the conspiracy believers yeah. yeah. are, are like, which um I don't really like because I wonder if I do the same thing and I'm just not self-aware enough to acknowledge it. Like if I'm feeling like threatened, can I just accept that I've lost something or I'm losing something and just accept it? Or does there always need to be an explanation? Yeah. So it is easy to judge.
3: But I think I shared on an earlier episode that I was pretty on board with the 9-11 stuff. So I'm feeling a little bit, I understand it. (laughs) right like i understand
4: and interesting if you have an american dollar bill you can (laughs) see that yeah take place can you haven't you ever seen the two towers getting hit by the plane and whatever american bill it is i don't
3: know much about money i guess look up the images
4: it's kind of interesting
3: really anyway um i just i it's i love talking about this but i also feel yeah it's it's so easy to judge like it's so easy to kind of laugh and I'm more interested in just like what puts, what puts a, my, a person's mind there, I guess.
2: Yeah. I, I have a question for you guys, maybe as a way to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Anderson, the author of the, the blog post that inspired most of this episode. I think his point is that we shouldn't just be interested in this. Right. It, it, that there's more, it, it's important. Like there might actually be a real threat there. Right, like the the fact that these theories exist points to a, a bigger danger.
4: Yeah, well, this wasn't just a harmless
2: crackpot
4: firing off ideas. He was actually right. an elected, five times elected dude with books and yeah, a radio and program. When he
2: looked into the, the things that he supported, they were pretty hateful and um, dangerous things. So you kind of, I didn't get to ask the question, Chris, but the question was going to be, do you share that point of view? Like, do you actually think conspiracy theories are dangerous as as dangerous as kevin anderson mentioned uh
4: alludes to it i think it depends sometimes they're fun maybe because it's like i can see the stretching and the connecting and i'm like oh i get where they're going and i'll let myself be tricked a little bit but when you pull back the curtain on some of the times the people who are proponents of conspiracy theories then there might be actually something actually dangerous there where they're trying to use fear of something to cause you to decide something in a way that you know they want influence Mm -hmm. so in that way that's a really awkward way of me saying they can be dangerous
2: well there's a piece in here too that uh i think Carr he talks about his church right being the only source of Truth. Right. So, like, using, using us, a, a, like, whether or not these guys, Blackmore and Carr, actually believed that the, the devil in the hairdo was
4: <laughs> the put there the by hairdo.
2: the Illuminati or communists or whoever. Maybe they didn't even believe it, but they used it to gain follow, followers for their. I, I, their I like altitudes. that angle a lot.
3: That makes right. me think a lot. I like that. I think that makes more sense. I think people do that way more than we realize that they they don't really believe what they're saying. Like you can you can look at them saying things and they think like what a what a crackpot. But they But they know other people right, will believe right. it. Right. So it's almost worse. Yeah. Right. And and
4: so often it's be really ask a lot of questions when somebody is saying, Hey, don't listen to the truth that they're proposing. This is actually the truth, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. it's a, that's hypocrisy in a lot of ways too.
3: Yeah, red flag. Red flag. I guess that was our tribute to the queen that
1: episode.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know there's a conspiracy that believes that the queen is and now Charles are descendants direct descendants of King David? Like you could trace nope. the lineage of the Jewish kings. So all I'm the only reason I'm bringing this mm-hmm. up is you could have a conspiracy that also makes the queen like hierarchy and like right. she's in the line of christ yeah, sure. how important is she or like the devil's in her hair like there's conspiracies on both sides the yeah.
3: for everything seems a little arbitrary sometimes isn't it hmm. pick the one you want to go with i guess <laughs> yeah well ty i thank you for for researching that for us and bringing us that that uh, story and blog and yeah radio recordings that was great
4: Lots of work went into that before we even showed up.
3: Did we? Did we yeah. clarify that those radio clips were recorded from real transcripts? Did, did we mention? Yeah, that really? we I did? couldn't. Okay. I tried
2: to find um, an actual recording. Yeah, of so the just radio to be clear, show. that wasn't the actual radio. Show. <laughs> no, it wasn't <laughs> the actual radio um, uh, play. But yeah, it was from the transcript. Okay. Yeah. Some some parts were hand written, so I did my best to figure it out. Okay. But Well, we're going to close with
3: a modified version of our confessions (laughs) segment. Yeah. Yeah. In a moment. Yeah, let's wrap it up.
2: Yeah.
1: This segment is brought to you by Veldhuisen Construction. They have been building incredible homes for over 30 years. The Veldhuysen team will guide you step-by-step step through the design and build process. The finished product will be your design, your selections, your beautiful home. If you're looking to build in Central or Northern Alberta, call today to get started. Go to ca or see the show notes to get in touch.
2: So to our listeners who are wondering where was the recommendations and are you still doing confessions? the answer is yes mm-hmm. we are doing those things um, and that is right now but we're <laughs> doing it a little bit differently. We're not all going to give a confession we're not all going to do a confession but I did a lot of work uh, to make this episode happen um, Graham and Chris did nothing so they <laughs> have that's true' <laughs> You're about here to do <laughs> One or the other. Each of them has to do either a confession or a recommendation, and then we'll we'll uh, see if we got any correspondence, and we'll we'll wrap the episode wrap it up. up. So, who wants to
4: go first? I'll recommend something. It's an author. His name's Nelson Demille. He writes um, mostly. F- it's all fiction, but mostly yeah. about um, investigators. Or his main character is named John Corey, who was an NYPD officer so he has a number of books about that and then that character becomes i think somebody who works for the fbi or Mm -hmm. some like terrorist task force and he's got a new one called the maze which is pretty good it's kind of his most like r-rated one that i've ever read but um just a smart alecky kind of cop book and it's pretty light reading but he's got a lot of books only one of them has been made into a movie called the general's daughter starring john travolta it's not the greatest. He actually has a number of other books that I think would make great movies and they've just never been picked up, surprisingly.
2: Yeah, I, I've read a couple of books by him, but I don't, I mean, it was a long time ago. I don't remember them being about uh, law drug enforcement drug. or yeah, spies okay. or anything, but I remember them being kind of funny. Are they yeah, they funny. Yeah, he's got a good sense of humor. Yeah.
4: Two of his best, I'd say, are Plum Island and The Charm School.
2: Okay.
3: If you're looking for a good, cool. good story. Which right. one's better. Charm school is very cool Charm school Yeah okay. Thanks Chris I have a confession um, I've just spent a, too much time Watching a YouTube channel As of late Usually I get up early And I make breakfast For my kids and their cousins In the morning before school And so lately I've been watching this guy On YouTube It's, it's, a, it's a confession Because it's such a stupid Stupid YouTube channel But it's a guy Called Beard Meets Food Beard Meets Food And he's just like A dude <laughs> from the UK With a big beard Who does food eating challenges All over the world and food gets stuck in his beard, sometimes. But basically, he's just a really, really good eater, and so yeah. I'm, <laughs> honestly, it's just embarrassing because all he does is go to a restaurant, sits down, asks for whatever challenge they have, eats like, ridiculous like amounts eat of the food, the largest okay. steak, yeah, okay. exactly, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then oh, usually does it, usually breaks the record, and then leaves, and that's it. Huh. That's all it is, and it's embarrassing, and it's how gross it is. Does it make do- you hungry or like disgusting? It does make
2: me hungry. Um, what about the production level
3: it's medium. Like he's, he's, he's charismatic. Like he's kind of funny. Does he have a team of people filming him? A little, little, I think it's a small team, but it's pretty bare bones. Like it's just a camera facing him. You know, he'll do a little montage of where the restaurant is and stuff. And he actually last year did like a a Canadian tour. So he did one. That's what caught my eye on YouTube at one point. He did like a Sylvan Lake place. Oh Um. yeah. So he did like, it's an Edmonton, a few places, Edmonton as well. So that's what caught my eye initially. And then I just started watching him and, it's uh yeah, it's embarrassing cuz it it it's it's, 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 a, it's a confession because it's ridiculous, but it's kind of fun. So I I would oh, give cool. it a shot.
2: Also kind of a recommendation.
3: Kind of. Yeah. yeah. And then and then today um I was my wife when I were chatting I'm like oh, I I said I wonder if there's a, a challenge in Red Deer. So you can there's a website that there's this map of all the food challenges and there's one at the Canadian Brew House. Huh. And it's a massive burger
2: and really? poutine. So hmm.
3: maybe we can do it. Mm.
2: That could be another Alberta themed episode.
3: Yeah. I just can't, like, he's all happy when the food challenges end. And the best part is, he usually asks for a dessert menu as well. Oh, my. Like, he'll finish <laughs> it and he'll be like, Do you have any dessert? And do usually the, the reaction is it. Pretty. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's funny. He's kind of a maniac. So,
2: beard meets food. I am guilty, but it's also kind of fun. Cool. So, before we wrap up the episode, um, I want you all to know that you can email us. We still do that. Oh, yeah. Um, you can email us at harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com find us on social media and do what our uh, loyal listener, Sherilyn did and uh, send us some feedback. Mm-hmm. She wrote a message. It says, I can't tell you how great it was to finally have experienced the collision of my two worlds. It was the episode I'd been waiting for, <laughs> for a long time. Nice. And this is in uh reference to our last episode with uh, John Van Sloten. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't heard that one, go back, check it out. Thanks Sherilyn for, Thanks, uh, sure. uh being in touch well that's it you guys that's our, that's our
3: first post 100 episode episode oh wow.
2: episode 101
3: tyler did a great job thank you yeah. Yeah. Thanks, and tyler, for all that work go to Bose on tuesday watch our band i'm going to go okay sweet okay guys uh who's next maybe me <laughs> okay yeah.
4: unless you're ready <laughs> i'm i'll be yeah
3: i have a good excuse but i, I shouldn't just keep using it as an excuse maybe i should we'll, we'll chat
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) We need to figure out a way to end the episode. (laughs) A new way to end.
0: Harmonious (laughs)
2: gentlemen.